Hello, this is Sarah A. Welcoming you to the 2,351st edition of the Enfield Talking newspaper, dateline 20th of July 2023. The readers this week are Mary, Sarah M, Joel, me, Sarah A, with Hass on the controls. Editing and production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prelief. Pat Prilly, Ferdinand Bouillon, Henry, Harry Breuer. It is performed by Jean-Jacques Perret and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent and the Enfield Dispatch and are their copyright. But first of all, we do want to apologise that you didn't receive last week's recording. But it's going to be added to this week's reading, so stay tuned and you'll have two editions in one bumper USB stick. For the week beginning the 24th of July, the sunrise time is 5.12am and the sunset time is 9.09pm. Now we also have some special notices from Sarah M. Did you know that Enfield has a home library service? This means that if mobility, disability or caring responsibilities make it difficult for you to visit the library, then we can bring the library to you and there is no charge. The Home Library is run in conjunction with the Royal Voluntary Service who vet and manage our volunteers. You tell us the sort of thing you like to read and we will select books for you and deliver them to your home once every four weeks. As well as ordinary print titles, we have audiobooks on CDs and large print titles. There are also a limited number available in different languages. Separately, the Enfield Home Library Service offers assistance with digital library content. So, we can help you get to grips with borrowing ebooks or audiobooks from the library to read or listen to on a phone or tablet. For more information or to see if you can sign up for this service, email enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk. That's enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk. Or you can call Shauna T. Van on 07826. Five double one zero nine four. That's zero seven eight two six five double one zero nine four. And then another notice from Enfield Vision. We are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with a specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a dropping morning on the third Thursday in each month. From 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bush Hill Park, Enfield. Our exercise classes are now running again. Like running again. Here are the dates for the next few months. Thursday the 17th of August, Thursday the 21st of September, Thursday the 19th of October and finally Thursday the 16th of November. For further information, please contact us on 0208 373 
6260. That's 0208-373-6260. Or you can email on information at enfieldvision.org.uk. That's information at enfieldvision.org.uk. Do get in touch with us to share your news and your special announcements. We love to hear from you. And if you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane de Jersey on 07899 That's 07899 She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. Now Joel will read the lead story. Who stars Enfield Ghost Tale? Catherine Tate will appear in play about the Enfield Poltergeist by Hannah Roberts. Comedian and actress Catherine Tate is to star in a West End play about the Enfield Poltergeist, which is said to have wreaked havoc in a North London council in the late 1970s. The cast of the Enfield Haunting also includes David Threlfall, best known for his role as Frank Gallagher in the TV show Shameless. Tate, 53, who has appeared in Doctor Who, Queen of Oz and her own series, The Catherine Tate Show, will play single mother Peggy Hodgson, who is trying to protect her three children from a disturbing supernatural force. Talking about the play, Tate said, I'm thrilled to be part of the Enfield haunting and can't wait to start working with the first-class creative team and the brilliant David Threlfall. Threlfall will portray ghost hunter Maurice Gross, who was a real paranormal investigator who helped the Hodgson family. The 69-year-old actor said, I'm delighted to be reuniting with director Angus Jackson and working for the first time with the amazing Catherine Tate on Paul Unwin's version of the UK's most famous incident of psychological inhibition. Writer Unwin spent time with a poltergeist expert to learn what had happened to the Hodgson family. He said, before Guy Lyon Playfair, the poltergeist expert died in 2018, I spent a long afternoon with him in his basement flat in Ells Court. Here, Maurice Gross had spent months with the Hodgson family, trying to protect them, but also make sense of what was going on. What Guy told me was terrifying. So much of what appears to have happened was impossible to fake, and yet, at the centre of the whole thing, were real people trying to make sense of their lives. The Enfield Haunting is a psychological ghost story. It is a ghost story for now. The play takes place over one spring night and is based on the account of one of the ghost hunters who visited 284 Green Street, Enfield, which was said to be haunted by a poltergeist that moved furniture and toys around. 16-year-old Janet was thought to be possessed and was reportedly seen floating six foot in the air by the local lollipop lady. The Enfield haunting will be staged at Brighton Theatre Royal and Richmond Theatre before moving to the Ambassador's Theatre in London. Affordable Homes Reduction at Brimsdown Development approved. All 46 social rent homes previously planned as part of the scheme have been axed, reports Simon Allen, local democracy reporter. Plans to slash the number of affordable homes on a controversial Brimsdown Tower Block scheme have been approved by councillors. The proportion of affordable homes on Stonegate Homes 148 Home Development at 241 Green Street near Brimsdown Station has been cut from 49% to just 25%, with the social rent tenure dropped from the scheme entirely.
Previous plans by the developer to build tower blocks up to 16 storeys high at the site, which were approved in December 2020, featured 73 affordable units with 46 set aside for London affordable rent, which is a social rent level. The Council's planning committee considered the affordable housing provision to be one of the key benefits of the scheme, which had faced criticism over its size and appearance. One local resident described the planned towers as, quote, an eyesore that would significantly alter the character of the surrounding area. But on Tuesday the 18th, the planning committee approved revised proposals containing only 37 affordable homes, after a report by officers said that the original scheme was no longer financially viable. All of the affordable homes will now be at an intermediate tenure, 30% below market rents. Matt Byrne from local housing campaign group Better Homes Enfield criticised the decision. He said, It's incredibly disappointing that Enfield Council has helped the developers to avoid building any social rent homes. It's becoming a familiar game. The original application was approved on the basis that 46 of the... 148 homes would be social rent homes. The application has now been amended so that none of the homes will be social rent, not a single one. We desperately need more social rent homes in Enfield as thousands of families are struggling with a cost of living crisis and can only afford social rent. By approving this application, the council has let those families down. Council policies state that developments of 10 or more units should contribute to a borough-wide target of providing 40% affordable housing. But a report by council planning officers said a financial viability assessment had demonstrated that the previously approved scheme was not practical and that changes to housing type and affordability would enable the project to move forward. It pointed out that more weight needed to be given to new housing applications because Enfield has repeatedly failed to meet its house-building targets. Further changes to the Green Street scheme include switching the tenure from a mixture of rental and private sale homes to 100% build-to-rent accommodation and introducing second staircases in two blocks above 30 metres high to comply with new fire safety legislation. Officers said build-to-rent represented an improvement on unregulated rental housing, adding that the scheme provides an immediate level affordable housing in a size mix that meets Enfield's evidenced needs. Conservative planning lead Mike Rye said he and his fellow Tory committee members welcomed the improvements to fire safety but did not support the application because of the reduction in affordable housing. Stonegate Homes was approached for comment. Now we have a letter to the Independent from Sight Loss Councils. Save our ticket offices. We are local groups of blind and partially sighted people known as Sight Loss Councils, calling for a halt on the proposed mass closures of rail ticket offices, which would have a devastating impact on our community. Without ticket offices... Blind and partially sighted people will have to purchase tickets through online booking or through ticket vending machines at stations. 
but existing alternatives such as ticket machines and many online booking apps are inaccessible to our community. Ticket office staff are also often our first point of contact at stations. They provide assistance, information, advice and not just tickets. For blind and partially sighted people, this support is vital. Roaming staff are not an acceptable alternative, especially if you cannot see them. There is much more that needs to be done first to increase accessibility. Poor station design, failing audio announcements, outdated wayfinding, inaccessible technology, inconsistent tactile navigation and Victorian platforms already make navigating rail travel a challenge for blind and partially sighted people. Ticket office closures will simply add an extra barrier and this must stop now. Please help us to challenge these closures now at sightlosscouncils.org.uk forward slash news forward slash countdown hyphen to hyphen closures. That's sightlosscouncils.org.uk forward slash news forward slash countdown hyphen to hyphen closures. Following from Sarah A's letter, this is an article titled Tickets Office Closures Plan. 150 across the capital proposed for closure under Rail Boss's radical plans by Noah Vickers. Railway stations across Enfield are among the 150 in London which will have their ticket offices closed if the proposed changes go ahead. Train companies across England are pressing ahead with plans to close hundreds of their ticket offices over the next three years. Across the country, only 12% of rail tickets were sold at ticket offices last year, according to the Rail Delivery Group, with the rest bought online or from vending machines. The RDG said the changes will involve moving staff from ticket offices and interstations, offering more face-to-face support for customers across the network as a whole. The organisation, which represents train companies across the UK, said the move would be made gradually. The RDG, which represents train companies across the UK, said, where adopted, the proposals will see ticket office staff transitioning to multi-skilled customer help roles. These are already in place in many parts of the network where they would be better able to give advice about the best and cheapest fares, advise on journey planning and support customers with accessibility needs. The changes would mean a more visible and accessible staff presence across the network as a whole at stations during staff hours, on ticket concourses and on platforms. A spokeswoman for the Mayor of London said, it is essential the full implications of rail ticket office closures are considered and that passenger groups and the workforce through its trade unions are consulted. Millions of commuters use London's rail stations daily and everything possible must be done to ensure all passengers feel safe and able to access the assistance and information they need. The train companies are currently consulting on the proposals but politicians and campaigners have said the plans do not take into account the impact on elderly or disabled passengers. Labour MP Ian Lavery vowed to fight the changes. Mr Lavery said, This is yet another disaster of privatisation. 
Sadly, the majority of train stations will now no longer be accessible places for elderly and disabled passengers who rely on the support of ticket office staff to navigate ticketing and travel arrangements. Never mind rail operators talking about modernisation. This decision is made entirely to increase their profit. While ordinary hard-working people are left to make do with further cuts to their safety and convenience on public transport, this news is devastating for those who rely on ticket offices for safe travelling. Technology should be used at train stations and on trains to enhance and improve the experience, not to make it harder and less pleasant to travel. I will continue to do what I can to fight back against this decision and in the long run bring our rail back into public hands where it belongs, run for the people rather than for profit. To participate in the consultation and to see full details of the proposals in London, visit www.londontravelwatch.org.uk forward slash ticket hyphen offices hyphen have hyphen your hyphen say that's www.londontravelwatch.org.uk forward slash ticket hyphen offices hyphen have hyphen your hyphen say At the heart of the borough, artist Joe Robinson explains the idea behind the Enfield Living Memorial and the latest plans for a new sculpture at its centre. The Enfield Living Memorial is a borough-wide community project aiming to provide a space to recognise collective bereavement and to remember all those lost locally from or during the COVID-19 pandemic. The project has been facilitated by a small group of community partners led by the Seroptimist Club of Enfield, co-working with myself as a local artist. Starting with 30 trees planted in the shape of a heart, the project is moving to its second stage, with a permanent artwork in its centre. The design represents a phoenix which offers a symbol of loss and renewal. The sculpture's design is a triptych cut in special steel. It will stand about two metres high. Work on it is now underway and the completed memorial will have a public opening in the autumn. The completed memorial will create a, sp- a place for personal and collective reflection for everyone who visits the site. It aims to create a way to acknowledge loss and grief during one of the most traumatic events of our collective generation. The site in Town Park was chosen after months of considering various public spaces in Enfield. The park stands at the very centre of our borough, but importance was also given to nearby facilities, parking and easy public transport access from all parts of Enfield. There were also practical limitations and technical issues of each space we looked at. This project is reliant on funding raised from the public and from organisations who wish to support it. The estimated budget for the whole project is around £23,000 and will also depend on the goodwill and in-kind support of various partners. Find out more about the memorial and help contribute to the project. Visit enfieldlivingmemorial.org. Petition against New Palmer's Green gambling venue signed by more than 1,000 people. Residents bemoan proposed arrival of Palace Amusements as the latest gambling outlet in Green Lanes, reports Simon Allen, local democracy reporter. More than a 1,000 people have signed a petition against a totally unsuitable gambling venue being planned for Palmer's Green. 
Palace Amusements want to open an adult gaming centre in a former Lloyds Bank building at 369-371 Green Lanes and has applied to Enfield Council for a premises licence to allow it to operate. The stretch of road is already home to four betting shops and a Merca Slots gaming centre that opened in 2021, despite considerable local opposition. A petition against the local... Sorry, I'll say that again. A petition against the latest gaming centre plan has already gained more than a 1,000 signatures since being launched on the 4th of July. It warns gambling venues could lead to crime and disorder and put children at risk of becoming normalised to gambling. Georgia Scatoro, who launched the petition and is part of local group Palmer's Green Action Team, said... We work very hard to bring businesses that could improve the local authority. This is a family-friendly community. 20% of the demographic is children. We feel powerless. We want a cinema, a bookshop, and instead we get palace amusements. If this gaming centre goes ahead, we will have one patisserie between Ladbrokes and Palace Amusements. How can this be allowed, she asks. Georgia believes the proposal would contravene a council planning policy stating that there should be a minimum of five non-betting shop units between the next betting shop premises. Her petition also claims betting shops and gambling venues attract criminality and pose risks to vulnerable people. It adds that an adult gaming centre is totally unsuitable in this area with a large number of growing families and elderly, warning that children will be exposed to yet more betting shops and gamblers while en route to school, nearby parks, playgrounds, local shops or even at bus stops. Georgia said having so many gambling venues in such a small area deterred other businesses from setting up on the high street and the council seemed powerless to stop the gaming centres from opening. She said she wanted to know how the council could work with landlords to encourage retailers and other businesses to set up in the area and help to regenerate it. Georgia added, Palmer's Green is in the 40% most deprived neighbourhoods in the UK. Another betting shop is not going to help socially or economically. We just want this to stop. Georgia appealed to residents to send their objections to the council before the deadline on the 31st of July. Palace Amusements and Enfield Council have been approached for comment. Train crashed because driver fell asleep. Drug test showed earlier cocaine use. A train driver had taken cocaine before he crashed into the buffers and derailed the front carriage at Enfield Town Station at the height of the morning rush hour with 79 passengers on board. The conclusion in a Government Transport Department report this week into the crash in 2021 follows a court case in which the driver, Erkan Mehmet, was jailed after saying he he fell asleep. The Arriva Rail London train hit the buffer at the terminal platform at 8.21 during the Tuesday morning peak commuter period on October 12th. It was running at 7.7 miles an hour, coming into the station. The automatic brakes had kicked in, but too late to avoid the crash. The accident occurred because the driver did not apply the brakes in time, the transport department's findings showed.
The driver briefly applied the brakes but made no further actions to control it for seven seconds until an emergency brake locked on just before the impact, the report reveals. Mehmet had not reported feeling tired to Arriva Rail when the re- reporting for duty that day, which in turn failed to identify his fatigue. He was breathalyzed at the scene and blew negative, but a urine sample later t- tested positive for cocaine. A toxicology expert concluded it was likely he had taken cocaine a day or two before and found evidence of historical use of the drug. Mehmet told detectives he fell asleep at the wheel because he only had a couple of hours sleep the night before. Mehmet, a 44-year-old from Waltham Abbey, who admitted endangering the safety of the railway when he later appeared in a London Crown Court, was sentenced to 16 weeks. He had been driving London overground trains for 13 13 years. Arriva Rail London Managing Director Paul Hutchins insisted, we have a zero tolerance for drugs and alcohol, which exceeds industry standards. The driver was immediately suspended and subsequently dismissed after returning a positive test result. Two recommendations are made by the Transport Department to encourage staff to report fatigue that could affect their ability to do their job safely and for rail companies to improve how they assess the risk of collisions at terminal platforms. MP warns of dangers in closing GP practice by Simon Allen. Vulnerable patients needing to access the NHS may become isolated if a Palmer's Green doctor's surgery is permanently closed, a local MP has warned. Grenoble Garden Surgery in Grenoble Gardens was closed last year, initially on a temporary basis, with an announcement on the practice website blaming severe staff shortages and structural issues with the building. This year, plans were revealed to make the closure permanent. Responding to a consultation on the proposed closure, Enfield Southgate MP Bambos Sharalambos raised concerns that the most vulnerable in our community may become isolated during a time of their greatest need to access the NHS. His his letter states that one of the partners at the GP practice, Dr Patelet, had not been kept up to date about other partners contacting NHS England and North Central London Integrated Care Board to discuss closing the surgery. The MP's letter also states that an insurance company confirmed that damage to the building is not to be considered dangerous and the property is not considered to be unfit for purpose. His letter continues, Today, constituents still contact me regularly to explain the difficulties they face in accessing their GP effectively without long delays and without a struggle to get that all-important appointment. Bambos raised these concerns with North Central London Integrated Care Board and NHS England twice in early May, but had received no response at the time of writing his letter, which is dated July the 6th. In response to an inquiry by the local democracy reporting service, North Central London Integrated Care Board said it responded to the MP on July the 7th and issued the following statement. North Central London Integrated Care Board has received a practice request to close Grenoble Garden Surgery, 
one of three sites from which services are provided to patients of Grovelands and Grenoble Medical Centre. This requires formal consideration by North Central London Integrated Care Board's Primary Contracting Committee. As a Commissioner of NHS Services, our main priority is to ensure patients continue to access high quality and safe services. As part of the practice's request to close Grenoble Garden Surgery, the practice is required to engage its patients and share its findings. The Integrated Care Board also carried out patient and stakeholder engagement over a six-week period from May the 24th to, to July the 7th. Findings from engagement, alongside other information, will be presented at a future meeting of the Integrated Care Board's Primary Care Contracting Committee before any decision on the site is taken. Any temporary or permanent changes to this site do not mean that patients need to find a new practice. They remain registered with Grovelands and Grenoble Medical Centre and can access services from any open branch. Grovelands Medical Centre and NHS England have been approached for comment. Disused shop to be new indoor arts venue. A disused IKEA will be transformed into one of London's largest indoor venues. The 608,000 square foot warehouse will become an entertainment venue known as Drum Sheds and will have a larger capacity than places such as Wembley Arena and Alexandra Palace once it opens this September. The site at Glover Drive Tottenham was home to Swedish furniture warehouse IKEA for 17 years before it closed in 2022. Its space will offer a carefully curated programme of cultural venue for music, arts, culture and community, owners Broadwick have said. Drum Sheds is a new venue for the company, known for turning a disused printing press in Rotherhithe into the much-loved clubbing destination Printworks, which is now closed. Location just four minutes from Tottenham House Station, it is hoped the venue will attract people from across the capital and beyond once it starts housing events. Broadwick says that complete set buildings, fashion shows and music events will be just some of the examples of events hosted at the place which can hold up to 15,000 guests. Comparatively, Wembley Arena, London's second largest indoor arena after the O2, can hold 12,500 seats. Much like Printworks, the warehouse will retain an industrial feel with old lift shafts and loading bays kept in the arena. Simeon Aldred, the Director of Strategy at Broadwick, said, Broadwick's mission has always been to build brands that deliver unrivaled live experiences that create real impact. We are proud to announce Drumsheds set to be London's most impactful cultural space of its kind, set across 608,000 square foot in North London. We want Drumsheds, like all the spaces we create, to be new centres of cultural gravity that provide the basis for human connection a connection that people crave now more than ever. Firefighters tackle blaze at derelict Enfield Highway building. Former health centre in Moorfield Road, damaged by fire earlier today, 20th of July. Four fire engines and around 25 firefighters were called to a blaze at a derelict health centre in Enfield Highway this afternoon. Firefighters tackled the small fire on the first floor of the building in Moorfield Road, which caused a small amount of damage. London Fire Brigade's control room received 21 calls about the fire. 
The brigade was called at 12.44 and the fire was under control by 13.49pm. Fire crews from Enfield, Edmonton and Chingford fire stations attended the scene. The cause of the fire will be investigated. Musical brothers help old school after Glastonbury. A pair of musical brothers whose talent took them to Glastonbury have donated some of their festival fee to help the next generation of young musicians at their old school. Former Enfield Grammar School students Femi and TJ Collioso lit up the West Holt stage as part of the MOBO Award winning Ezra Collective. Head teacher Chris Lamb said the Boat Brothers donated a percentage of their festival appearance fee to the school that helped them get to the fields of Worthy Farm. He said, I'm really blown away by this incredible generosity. Please share my gratitude with the band members and assure them we've already invested heavily in the music department this year, as I know how important the arts are in schools and society. Their kindness and generosity will help us help others, and that's what our role is as a school. Music teacher Malcolm Escott said, I taught Femi and TJ music theory and composition and mentored them in what was then called Baby Band from year seven until they left. Both boys were extremely dedicated and ambitious and their music ability was clear to see. I once told them that if they won the school's annual Battle of the Bands competition, I would buy the band a KFC. They went on to win three years in a row. On our music tours, they would take on a big brother approach and help nurture and encourage the younger boys who may not have been away from home before. After college, Femi came back to teach drums for a short period and was a great inspiration to the other students. His talent is still a benchmark for the boys today. They were both an absolute pleasure to teach and I am extremely proud of both their achievements and the school's role in helping them get them there. The band even gave the school a shout-out during the Glastonbury performance, adding, It's important. Give young people an instrument and give them a chance. Plenty of positives for Enfield Town boss. Enfield Town boss Gavin McPherson saw a lot of promise in his side's 1-0 loss to the QPR development squad on Saturday. Town impressed in their first pre-season friendly of the summer. In blustery conditions as a 300-plus crowd looked on. And McPherson got the chance to use plenty of his squads and some trialists as he changed the entire eleven at half-time. To have 310 at a pre-season friendly is absolutely immense, McPherson told the club website. It's everything I thought this club would be. We were always going to use the first two games to look at our workout of possession. It's clear some of the lads are more attuned to going longer than we would like, but that's what we're here for. We didn't really have a cutting edge, but you have to put that in context, given we had no out-and-out centre-forward. To lose the game to a set piece like that, we'll have work on. But there was a lot to be pleased about. Will we get better in certain aspects? Yes. Will the team show more of an identity during pre-season? Of course, because that's how it works. Reese four-star shone in goal, as Mickey Parcell made an eye-catching return to the club setting up a good chance at one end and clearing a QPR effort off the line at the other. Marcus Wiley hit a post before Joseph Adoje denied a town trialist with a double save. The only goal arrived on 68 minutes when Noah McCann burst forwards to head past Addy Connolly at a corner. 
Town take on Tottenham Hotspur's under-21s on Tuesday, July the 18th at 7.30pm, before hosting Bracknell Town on Saturday, July the 22nd at 3pm. And they have added a sixth friendly to their schedule, with a trip to combined counties league premier side, Rainers Lane, on August the 1st at 7.45pm. Town will start the Isthmian League Premier Division season at home against Concord on August 12th before making trips to Potter's Bar Town August 15th and Folkestone Invicta August the 19th. Goals from Luke Hurst, Roman Campbell and Alex Warman saw Enfield to a 3-1 win at Harpenden in their latest pre-season friendly last weekend. They host Cambridge City on Saturday. Investing in a vibrant Angel Edmonton. The Enfield Council plan is comprised of five main, five main priorities. Clean and green spaces, strong, healthy and safe communities, thriving children and young people, more and better homes, and an economy that works for everyone. Angel Yard in Upper Edmonton is an excellent example of Enfield Council's commitment to supporting a local economy that works for everyone. Superheaded by Enfield Council, Angel Yard is a collection of affordable workspaces for the local community and young entrepreneurs to build and grow their businesses. There are 35 workspaces available for business tenants from Enfield and the surrounding area. Last month, Councillor Kaliskan met with some of the young business people who were using the workspaces, including a hair braiding and beauty business, an architecture firm, a boba tea business and a sustainable microgreens indoor farmer. Extra £25 million from government for meridian water infrastructure, but rail upgrades still on hold. Enfield Council leader says extra cash will pave the way for construction of new homes at Edmonton Redevelopment Zone. The cash will help connect different parts of meridian water. The government has agreed to hand over an additional £25 million to help Enfield Council deliver crucial infrastructure works, including new streets, bridges, cycle lanes, footpaths and parks at Meridian Water. But previously planned upgrades to rail capacity remain on hold. The first new homes are currently being built on a site adjacent to Meridian Water Station, but progress on the next phase of the 10,000 home regeneration zone is heavily dependent on new infrastructure being delivered with government cash. While the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, DLUHC, had agreed a £170 million funding package three years ago, the projected costs have since risen thanks to high inflation. The Council has been negotiating with the Department for more money to cover the works and announced on Tuesday the 19th that it had secured a larger funding package of £195 million. However, the dispatch has been told that this higher figure still does not cover the cost of long-planned railway upgrades that would enable Meridian Water Station to be served by four trains per hour. It was revealed earlier this year that they had been put on hold. The £195 million figure does cover an extensive range of works, 
including the naturalisation of Pimsbrook, two new parks, roads, bridges, footpaths and cycle links to be delivered over the next few years. Council leader Nessel Kaliskan said, The infrastructure funding will pave the way to continue building much-needed homes for the Enfield sorry, for the Edmonton community. This funding is a further vote of confidence from the government in Meridian Water. It shows how important the scheme is in providing new homes at a time when the DLUHC government department returned £1.9 billion earmarked to tackle England's housing crisis back to the Treasury as they could not identify projects to spend it on. Meanwhile, we are moving forward positively. Meridian Water is increasingly becoming a hub of activity as the project is rapidly progressing in all areas. We are set to unveil our first council homes later this summer and the first phase of Meridian 1 is well on its way to deliver 300 homes. In addition, Enfield Construction Skills Academy has opened its doors to students so that hundreds of local people will be able to acquire new skills and training opportunities, preparing them for jobs in construction at Meridian Water and beyond. Phil Skegg, Managing Director at Taylor Woodrow, Enfield Council's main contractor for infrastructure at Meridian Water, said, We are delighted to be able to support the London Borough of Enfield in this transformational project. Central to our role is ensuring that we create a lasting legacy through the investment programme by focusing on local skills and employment, whilst ensuring that we minimise our environmental impact through the construction phase and in preparation for the whole life cycle in the future. Meridian Water is one of London's biggest regeneration projects and is key to the borough meeting its housing targets, but the scheme has suffered a series of setbacks over recent years. Earlier this year, the council made a number of redundancies to its Meridian Water team shortly after the project's boss of eight years quit to work for Enfield Council instead. It was also confirmed last year that half of the projected 10,000 new homes will not be built before 2039. For more information about Meridian Water, go to meridianwater.co.uk. I have in front of me a brochure produced by the National Open Garden Scheme, which in 2022 donated 3.11 million to nursing and healthcare for charities. This brochure is, shows the gardens open for charity in London in 2023. And you might be interested, there's a local one at 2 Conway Road, Southgate N14, 7BA. Um, Eileen Hulse is opening her garden. You can get to it on the 121 or W6 bus from Palmer's Green, the um, Broomfield Park stop. Walk up Alderman's Hill and turn right into Ullswater Road, then first left into Conway Road. The garden is open on Sunday the 3rd of September between 2 and 6 in the afternoon. And admission is £4.50, and that's the money that goes to charity. Children are free. Um, 
Homemade teas are very good. I can tell you because I usually sell the coffee, but I don't and tea, but they don't make the cakes, which are delicious. Um, open nearby is the golf course allotments. Eileen's had a passion nurtured from childhood for grows, growing unusual plants and has culminated in two contrasting gardens. There's the original calming one with lawn, where you can sit with your cup of tea and cake, pond and greenhouse and complemented by an adjoining Mediterranean terrace rooms with pergolas closed in exotic climbers, vegetable beds and cordon fruit. Tumbling achocha, figs, durata and rosa banksai mingle creating a horticultural adventure. So do come along if you can and, I, and make yourself known because I shall say hello and offer you a cup of tea. A Legacy of Mighty Oaks 15 new king oak trees were planted across Enfield to commemorate the coronation in parks across the borough. Later this year, during the winter planting season, Enfield Council has offered a planter tree for every newborn on Coronation Day, the 6th of May 2023. These new coronation trees will contribute to Enfield's ongoing clean and green ambitions and will positively impact the environmental health of the borough. Find out how you can get involved in your local park by volunteering with one of Enfield's Friends of Parks groups. Visit www.goparks.london forward slash boroughs forward slash Enfield for details. Councillor Chinello has been photographed planting a tree in Enfield Town Park. And the locations and wards of newly planted oak trees are Trent Park Copfosters, Oakwood Park Oakwood, Arnest Park Arnest Grove, Brimford Park, Palmer's Green, Grovelands Park, Winchmore Hill, Tatum Park, Highfield, First Farm Wetlands, Bush Hill Park, Berry Lodge Gardens, Bush Hill Park, Enfield Town Park, Grange Park, Hillyfields Park, White Webs, Aylands Open Space, Bullsmore, Albany Park, Brimsdown, Durance Park, Brimsdown, Jubilee Park, Jubilee, and Pims Park, Edmonton Green. Enfield's 100th bike hangar installed. Council says secure bike parking needed to overcome barriers to cycling and they showed a picture of Cabinet Member for the Environment, Rick Jewell, with the borough's 100th bike hangar. The 100th bike hangar in Enfield Borough has been installed, providing secure residential parking space for 600 cyclists. The bike hangars are on street cycle storage containers that are accessible by key to those who pay for membership to that hangar. A lack of space to park and store a bike at home is a barrier for many residents who might otherwise choose to cycle. Rick Jewell, the Enfield Council's Cabinet Member for the Environment, said... Through the Journeys and Places programme, the council is working to deliver secure cycle parking for residents across the borough. Bike hangers are fantastic as they provide an affordable and safe place for residents to park their bikes. There is more to be done and we need to ensure that we are making the best use of our roads as the cycle hangers take up less space than a car but can secure up to six bicycles. More cycle parking close to homes, along with safe space to cycle on our roads, will enable more of our community to choose this healthy form of travel. I'm very proud we've reached this important milestone of 100 Enfield bike 
hangars. Residents can apply for a space in an existing bike hangar near to their home and you can email cycleparking at enfield.gov.uk or for further information on cycle parking, including requests for new cycle hangar locations, visit letstalk.enfield.gov.uk forward slash cycle parking. That's letstalk.enfield.gov.uk forward slash cycle parking. We have reached the end of our programme for this week. Thank you for listening. So for the te- from the team of Mary, Sarah M, Joel and me, Sarah A and Hass on the controls, it's bye. bye! Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet. Put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listen to us on your smart speaker by saying play podcast Enfield Talking Newspaper. This week we ask you all to please get in touch with Diane de Jersey in order to update all your details and to check that those we have are correct. Don't forget that you can call Diane regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07899 854 that's 07899 The Enfield Talking newspaper will be with you again in one week's time. Mm-hmm.